A reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were enticed and led astray to idols that could not speak. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking by the Spirit of God ever says, Let Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God, who activities all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given the, through the Spirit the utterness of wisdom, and to another the utterness of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another the workings of miracles. To another prophecy. To another discernment of spirits. To another various kinds of tongues. To another the inter interpretation of tongues. All these are active, activated by one and the Spirit. It allows to each one individual just as the Spirit chooses. For just as the body is one, and has many members, and all the members of the body. Though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews of Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Elliot. Grace and peace to you from God our Father in heaven and the Lord Jesus. Amen. Did you see it? Did you see the video? Did you hear the voice of George Floyd crying out for his life? I can't breathe were the words that came out as the weight of the officer's knee drove into his neck. Did you watch as he cried out for his mother? As he asked for water? as he told them he was dying. How can our hearts not break? How can we not be angry? Our presiding bishop, Elizabeth Eaton, wrote this week that until a white majority feels so deeply in our soul that the pain of black and brown people is our own pain, it will continue to be dangerous to be black or brown in America. All we need is to see the pain of others and claim it as our own pain. Is that possible? Can we even imagine a future where racism has become extinct? And why do we continue to deny it, to rationalize it, to accept it? What will it take for real change to come to our nation? We can be angry about blocked streets, about those who criticize police, about wearing a mask in public, about looting and property destruction, but many fail to get angry enough about the murder of a fellow American, one of our own siblings in Christ, George Floyd, a man of peace, as his friends knew him. And maybe some of us are angry and we just don't know what to do, so we wring our hands, we say a prayer, and we move on to the next thing on our list, we get complacent. 
I know because I do that too. People are angry. People are hurting. And they are in the street to let the world know it. They are angry in Minneapolis and Philadelphia and Pittsburgh and Washington, D.C. and Los Angeles and Cleveland and Denver and Reno and Las Vegas and more. What will it take to wake us from sleep? What new breath do we need in us? What will it take to use the tools we have to bring about lasting change? The way I see it, we can work for a new future or have it thrust upon us. We can welcome it and adapt or get left behind. God is all about doing new things. And the spirit of transformation is at work. This day we remember this story of God's breath breathed on the people. This Holy Spirit, this new life breathed into them to open minds and hearts and ears and eyes. And it's happening now. We felt it already and it makes us uneasy. Nearly six months in and we can say this year has not turned out the way we had hoped. So many are struggling because they are out of work. We've been quarantined in our homes, unable to gather with the ones we love for prom and graduations and funerals and weddings and worship and more. We're still dealing with the effects of COVID-19, this virus. We didn't forget that. And people are already on their last nerve. And now the summer heat is here in our city. It's a tenuous time. This is the time when real change can take root as well. There in Jerusalem, the people were gathered for the celebration. Fifty days after the Passover, and they came from all over. They were a diverse group, a motley crew of faithful folks from throughout the region. And they had their different traditions, languages, and understandings. And the Spirit fell on all of them without qualification or questioning but immediately drew these people into understanding of one another, if only for a moment, and into a power that came from outside themselves, that bound them together as one. And Peter stood up and spoke to share the good news of Jesus. Not everybody got it. Some stood back and scoffed, called them agitators, accused them of being drunk, wouldn't accept the message. But for those who did, they would become the church, the people of God. And 3,000 were baptized into the body of Christ. All they needed was that power that activated faith in them. To open their eyes and ears, to see one another and listen to each other. And they were transformed by God working in their midst. Is that all we need? If so, let's say it. Come, Holy Spirit, come. This is the day we celebrate that coming of the Holy Spirit. And we wear our red and we sing about flames of fire and this power that God has given to each of us. And it shows up in us in different ways. Not all of us are evangelists. Not all are eloquent preachers. Some of, some of us are powerful prayers. Others are gifted for hospitality, some for serving, singing. Others are wiser than most. Many are gifted for generosity. 
we respond differently to this spirit that as she activates these gifts we have moves us in different directions and we know we are different here in this church we rejoice in our diversity we need all the preachers and prophets the servants and teachers and leaders in all their variety so we give thanks for ones who see things differently who bring new ideas as uncomfortable as that might be sometimes who have the courage to speak out and be different and share new ideas and we welcome one another to join in this mission we share to share the heart of Christ and the heart of the city and all are needed to make this ministry happen to Paul shares this good news we are one body with many members not all the same is this good news? I think it is but it seems that some cannot accept this and would hold themselves above others. The idea that white people have more value than people of color is called white supremacy. It is evil. It is a sin. We know that. So we deny its existence. We claim it doesn't exist and we're ashamed that we have perpetuated systems of injustice, allowed an imbalance of power to go unchecked for far too long, and upheld unjust standards of behavior, expression, and existence of black, indigenous, people of color that have led to generational trauma in our country for over the last 400 years. No, not our great-great-grandparents, not the pilgrims, not Lutherans from 100 years ago. We have been a part of this pain that so many live under. I was in the lunchroom with my friends. I was in middle school when I repeated some racist joke I had heard. I still remember the face of my friend Van, who was light-skinned with freckles, and the shame I felt that I had failed to see this black man at my own table. I didn't even see him. Clearly, I never forgot it. Maybe I'm the only one who has a story like that. But I suspect there are others. If we cannot see those who are members of the body, how can we begin to see Jesus? What are we waiting for? Maybe we think we need a revival. Maybe we think we need a revolution. Maybe we think we need just the right politician in office. All we need is all around us. We have been gifted by God. We've been given the same spirit that binds the father and son in love. The same spirit that conceived a baby in Mary's womb. The same spirit of healing that Jesus breathed on those first disciples. The same spirit power that resurrected our Lord from the grave. And yet we choose to hoard it and hide it deep inside somewhere and lash out in anger at each other. We bicker and fight and destroy until the fear we have felt and the pain we have inflicted erupt into destruction. I believe we are all in for a change. Transformation is coming. And that powerful Holy Spirit is blowing in me and in you and leading us into a new way of being. We're going through trouble right now, but there is new life on the other side. We've got to get out of our own way or else we miss out on so much. But either way, that change is coming. Yes, our congregation will continue 
Yes, we will worship together again sometime soon. We will serve our neighbors and feed people and fight homelessness and live and work together. In a few weeks, uh, we'll get together here for a congregational meeting. We'll, we'll very likely still be online and in front of screens as we talk about the future of our church, our ministry here in downtown Las Vegas. But we'll talk about the opportunities we have to welcome others, to grow and to share and to serve and to speak out. And we want to be ready. So I hope you'll be praying for your pastors, for your church council as we get ready for that annual meeting. As we await whatever comes next, pray, come Holy Spirit, fall afresh on us. As we make plans for safe worship, for the changes to come for us as we struggle to make sense of the world around us in the next few weeks and months. Let us pray together. We pray that all would be safe and healthy and wise. But most of all, I want us to call on this Holy Spirit to activate new gifts in us, to activate what we've already been given, awaken us for new life again. Help us to imagine again what we can be, what God has called us to be, because we have so many gifts among us. These gifts, though, are not for ourselves, but for a world that is clearly hurting, that is full of folks who are sick of suffering and in need of hope and help and a future. And I believe that as church, we have so much to give and that we have all we need right here and now to make it happen. God's given it to us. We have the word. That spirit activates faith in us. It opens our ears to hear it and welcome it in our lives. Faith grows in us and molds us into something else, calls us to repentance, changes our hearts. We have the word of God. And we have Jesus. We have the one, our Lord, the one who by the power of the spirit came to suffer with us, who died for us, who battled powers of death and hell and now rules with justice and equity. Even when we are unable to see him, we have Jesus. And we have the promise of the comforter, the spirit that binds us to Jesus and makes us all one in Christ. It makes us into a family, even a dysfunctional one at times, whether we like it or not. The spirit of comfort and healing, this advocate carries our prayers to God, even when we cannot speak them ourselves. And God hears us and knows us, gracefully heals us. What will it take to get to this new way of being? What do we need? We need each other. We need to see the members of the body. We need to see each other to see Jesus. We need the gifts of God. For a world in pain. And all we have is all we need. All we need is to hear this good news of Jesus. And all we need is for all to know that we are, are all one in Christ. And all we need is the cross to know that we do not suffer alone. The promise of resurrection and transformation and new life is ours already through Christ Jesus. So we pray. Grant, O oh God, that your holy and life-giving spirit may move every human heart, that the barriers dividing us may crumble, suspicions disappear, hatred cease, and that with our divisions healed, we might live in justice and peace. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord.
ใช่ไหม